the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the MILF and Me podcast. I am your host, Antonio, here with my lovely co-host, Diana. Welcome back to the studio. Hello. My ass hurts. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God. Why? Are we still going on this? So Is it because your whips are like, I don't know, are they shredding? Are they getting like... That's what it is. If you don't (laughs) oil them regularly, then they get kind of jagged and frayed and they just cause a little bit more damage. It takes you past that pain, pleasure. Anyway, let's get off of this. You're like a professional (laughs) with this shit now, I tell you. So that episode, (laughs) I think, got more responses from listeners and friends and comments from people that I didn't even know listened. Yeah. It's like, oh... So you really had your ass whipped before? (laughs) I was getting private messages. Yep. I had some DMs. I had some people sliding into my DMs on Instagram laughing and making jokes about it. It was good stuff. It's fun. And we were able to get away from the heavy stuff from last month. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a second. All right. We had some heavy emotions in in January, yeah, right? we did. I think 2023 is kicking my ass. I don't know what the deal is. Yeah. I mean, we all thought that... 2023 January was going to be our New Year's resolution, mm-hmm. right? We were going to make some life changes. I did a good job. I did dry January. Did I tell you that last time? No. Yeah, I did not drink Congratulations. at all in January. And the second, <laughs> the absolute closing second of January 31st, I was like, all right, wine. <laughs> yep. Fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> I did it. I said I was going to do it and I did it. And then I celebrated appropriately. Awesome. But yeah, but February feels better for some reason. And I'm, I, to me, it does. Okay. I think the reason why is because we got a lot of emotions off our chest. We got a lot of purging done. Mm-hmm. You're focusing on your mental health right now. Yeah. Avoiding shitty people. Avoiding shitty people. And <laughs> it shows like your face Aww. is brighter. Thank you. Well, I, d- I put makeup on today, so <laughs> maybe that's helping me. And then for me, I think it's just the fact that everything's going really well with the show mm-hmm. and my other shows. Yeah. Things are going great at work. I think January, it's like the hump month, but it's the start of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people really build up this expectation of January to everything to change. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, you have to get through January to start seeing the change. Yeah, and, that's true. And that's where we're at. That's true. 
And so that's why we started doing some more fun and lighter episodes, getting all of that heavy shit out of the way. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, BDSM was the perfect way to yes. break that cycle. Oh my God, yes. And I got to know you very well, a lot better than I wanted to after all these years that I've even quote unquote known you. Yeah, just wow. when you think that you've known everything about me. Just wow. <laughs> and then I'm like thinking of all the other people I think I know and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing behind closed doors. I don't really want to know, but oh, it makes you wonder. I do. I know. You always want to know that shit. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know the dirt. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know, so when we were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey and all the BDSM stuff, it mm-hmm. got me thinking that there are women out there who write erotic fan fiction, mm-hmm. erotica fantasy. Yeah. That's how Fifty Shades of Grey started. We talked about that in the episode. It was Twilight erotic fan fiction yeah. that she couldn't publish, so she changed the story, and it became Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. So I, like I do, went down a rabbit hole of, well, what else are people writing erotica about? What um, other erotic fantasies are being put either on paper yeah. or in a word processor? And A, who's <laughs> writing it? B, who's reading it? And C, what is it about? I know. What's What spurs this idea, I wonder, too? It's like... Well, I mean, here's the thing. Do you have a favorite book? Like, what do you read? Uh, you really want to know? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a buzzkill right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just... Re- right now, I am really, really into just self-help, work, self-improvement, stuff like that. It's not sexy. It is. It will be sexy. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but no, as far as like stuff like this, this topic, I don't, I've never read a sexual fantasy erotic novel in my entire life. Have you? No, but. Oh, God. One of the first. You're hesitant. Your hesitant answers kind of, you know, they're a little concerning every now and then. Okay, it's like, okay. Well, I'm going to give you a little history. Are you being 100% honest? We 100%. don't really know. Well, this is, let me finish my story and you'll see where I'm going with this. Okay, go. So when I was 14, mm-hmm. I had a summer job. Oh. Unlike any other <laughs> summer job that you would expect a 14-year-old to have. So you know me, I'm a word guy, I'm a writer, I'm a blogger, I've always been good at writing stories, I'm an Uh excellent typist. One summer, I was staining the deck of this rich people's house in Park City. Oh. And the matriarch of the family was an erotic novelist. Was she a cougar? She was beyond cougar age. (laughs) I mean, maybe she tried to be a cougar, but she was like beyond cougar. I love it. She was cougar plus. (laughs) She was an erotic romance novelist. Mm -hmm. And she had heard from the person that gave me my job that I was writing stories and writing screenplays that I wanted to be a writer. And she's like, hey, well, are you a good typer? I'm like, yeah, I'm an excellent typer. She's like, well, if you want, I've got a job for you. I don't have a typist here to take dictation while I am writing my new novel because she couldn't type. She would write things longhand. She would write it out? And then she would dictate to an assistant or whatever to have them type. For real? So for like this two, three weeks this summer when I was 14 years old, I got paid $20 an hour to type her erotic novel that she was dictating to me. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember the name, but 
let's just say that I was writing a lot of words that stuck in my brain. So when I did become romantically and sexually active, I'm like, okay, chapter 27. Oh I'm going to do my that. Gosh, I love this. It's so good. That was one of my very first jobs I ever had that was so interesting. typing a romance novel for an erotic novelist. Yeah, I didn't realize until we started kind of talking about this how popular it is. I didn't, I haven't. I'm super clueless when it comes to these type of novels. I mean, do people get aroused when they read them? I'm sure they do. I mean, I worked at Barnes & Noble for like five years, too, in my early yeah. 20s before I what, went to culinary school. Did you sell a lot of those books? We Okay. We sold romance novels. Mm -hmm. We discarded sex manuals because weirdos would take them to the bathroom and <clears throat> use them. No, they wouldn't. They absolutely would. And then they would just go right into the trash. You know, we didn't sanitize them and put them back on the shelf. That's gross. But the romance Wait, Hold section, on, stop. You legit would find books like in the restroom? In, or like in the restroom, in the trash cans, in the children's section, because people would like walk through like the back area of the store and just kind of drop them as to avoid any attention or suspicion. That is so fucking weird. It's weird. It's weird. Wow, okay. Because well, like we used to keep like Playboys and stuff behind the counter. But there was the romantic and sexual health section uh -huh. that had like the joy of sex and oh. how to pleasure your partner books. And people would take them in and they jerk off to them. Anyone that's worked in a bookstore knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> I, <laughs> wow. So anyway, now that we're off that tangent, I went down the rabbit hole of what modern erotic fan fiction and novels look like. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We live in a world now where you can self-publish your books. You can write and self-publish a book on Amazon, mm -hmm. through Kindle, yeah. and people are doing it, and it's fucking awesome. Okay. So erotic fan fiction and erotic fiction has often been teased and ridiculed and parodied, but it's a big business and is taken seriously by many a reader most of them female. Mm -hmm. Now, did your mom have any like erotic or romance novels? Um, no, not that I remember. Um, even, you know, since she's passed away, I've kind of gone through a bunch of her books. Her books consist of home and gardens <laughs> and cooking. Right. That was like her thing. Yeah. Um, but I do have somebody in my family, one of my aunts, I know that she uh, reads these actually often. I remember my grandmother had like a bunch of yeah. like the romance novels on her shelf, like the ones that had Fabio on the cover. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. those at my aunt's house, and I'm not going to tell you which aunt because you know, right? <laughs> Small Lake City over here, right? Um, but yeah, protect the innocent. Protect the innocent. But yeah, I do remember seeing those on my aunt's bookshelf for sure. So how about this? Romance and erotica novels make 1.4 billion dollars a year. They are the highest selling books of any genre in the publishing world. You wouldn't <laughs> think that. Yeah. Because like you don't see them like commercialized. You don't see ads for them. You see ads for like Stephen King novels, uh -huh. and, you know, whatever the newest yeah. uh, Da Vinci code, or whatever the shit is. Yeah. But those don't make as much consecutive dollars as romance novels do. Huh? Because they're mass market. They're like $8. They're the little ones. So yeah. people buy like three or four of them and they just end up getting collected. And oh my gosh. You know, people could buy five of those for the cost of one brand new hardcover, essentially. So interesting. I did not know this. It makes I didn't me wanna, either. It makes me consider 
a new career. <laughs> I mean, maybe I need to read one at least, one. So when compared to other genres, the market share is 40%, with the next highest being religious, inspirational, crime mystery, making up the next 20% of the market share. So yeah, erotica, fan fiction, and romance novels is a big business. Now here's the cool part, because it kind of ties in to oh. what we talked about in the last episode. 20% of adults report arousal from BDSM images or stories, 12% of women and 22% of men report erotic response to sadism or masochism in the story. <laughs> so it kind of feeds into last episode. Yeah. People are horny. Oh. And not only that. You know how much I hate that word. I hate that word. Oh. The H word. I hate it. Don't say it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to finish. Horny. I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to gag. Yeah, but. Um, I wonder if that is what is making them. They're reading these and they're like, huh. You know how they say that when you read a book, you're creating the picture in your head? Uh-huh. It makes me wonder if there is a more intimate and relatable response when you're reading erotica versus seeing erotica. Because if you're reading it, you're visualizing probably yourself and the person you are fantasizing about in the story. You are creating a reality that fits what you want. Yeah. But when you're looking at something, you are looking at people that you might not relate to. Maybe you're not as pretty as them. Maybe they have a body image that is unattainable in your mind for you. That is really interesting. And it disassociates you from yeah. the feelings that are stirring in your loins. Right, where you're painting the, your own picture. You're painting your own picture. Right. You know, and it, it's not a secret that like when people watch pornography, they're not watching the whole movie. They're fast forwarding or they're watching a segment until they get off and then they turn it off or they start another one. No one's watching it for the story. No one's putting themselves into the narrative. Are you sure? A hundred percent sure. Because when I watch it, I'm like, how are they doing that? That's in that's very interesting. <laughs> You're looking at like a nature video? I'm yes, I'm very scientific. I'm like, hmm. You have that, like a British guy's voice in your mind of like, like, the male approaches the female and mounts her from behind. And then she breaks her hip because you're not supposed to move your body like that. Like, yes, I'm looking at these people going, wow, this is, I hope they stretched before they started this. You watch porn in a very different way than I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch porn. I don't watch porn, but yes. But you get what I'm saying with like the visualization of reading. Yep. I think you're right. I mean, anytime you can paint your own picture, I think that that's spot on. So in this poll, they asked uh, the respondents if they read erotic literature regularly. 41% said yes, 59% said no. That 41% though seems kind of high to me. They also asked if reading erotic literature affects their sex life. 29% said yes in a positive way. Only 2% said yes in a negative way. And 69% said no. Oh. But I mean, how honest are they going to be, you know? Yeah. It also doesn't say if they asked men or women. You know, I'm sure women would be like, oh, yes. Yeah. And if they asked the man, would be like, no, I can do my own shit. You know, <laughs> yep. I don't need to read a book to Sounds get me about hard. right. I'm yeah. sure there's a love guru that says that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how honest are they on these polls? And again, polls are funny. And this was all put out by AdamandEve.com. So when we talk about Fifty Shades of Grey and, like, the erotica and stuff like that that we're talking about – Adam and Eve said they saw a double-digit growth in their bondage-themed products, including restraints, collars, whips, paddles, and vibrators, all going up 14% after Fifty Shades of Grey took off. 
Adult toy stores reported a 40% increase in overall business, and a New Zealand-based adult website reported that visits to its bondage section increased by 24%. So people all of a sudden decided that this maybe once considered fetish or niche variety of books became mainstream, and just like we talked about in BDSM, it became more normalized. Yeah. People started playing with it and liking it and reading it and buying shit, you know? There what hasn't a- been any other movies that have been released like Fifty Shades of Grey, though. That's so interesting to me. Like, is there anything else out there like it that since that release? I mean, there's like independent films that probably cover that subject. There was but a But I'm film- talking popular ones no. like that everybody's no. on getting on the bandwagon. You know that, what I mean? That got sequels yeah. and yeah. yeah, spin-offs. I wonder why. Uh, marketing it got marketed the right way you know the book yeah. was huge so then the movie's gonna be huge it got two sequels yeah yeah it, it it made its way into the american mainstream it probably made its way into the rest of the world globally yeah you know but where, where are our film writers right now like i feel like this is a really good idea well you know it's funny too because there are a lot of porn parodies of mainstream things so, like, just we're talking about erotic fan fiction where women and men are writing erotic versions of, let's say, Harry Potter mm-hmm. or Twilight. Mm-hmm. There are porn companies that are making parody versions of mainstream films. So, like, they'll make Avatar with blue people fucking, you know? It, it's, it's, that's where the guy's version is. You know? yeah. They're not going to write a romance or fan fiction novel. It seems the women are doing that. Guys are making avatar fuck each other you know (laughs) (laughs) of course such a dude thing but here's where things get weird Uh because when i started going into this i was looking for stories and novels and books that were like 50 shades of gray Mm -hmm. or the romance novels that we saw my grandma read or your aunt like to me that's what we were talking about it gets weird So I jumped onto Amazon Mm -hmm. and typed in erotic fiction, and it brought me a list. We're going to go through some of these titles and maybe read some synopsis, but here we go. First on the list, Alien Feast, Born to Prey, a lesbian vor story. This is lesbian erotic alien fiction. It is about being abducted and sexually pleasured by aliens, <laughs> but not just normal aliens, lesbian aliens. Oh my God. Have you seen that SNL? No. She talks oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, being yeah. abducted by the aliens. Oh like my everyone God. Everyone had a great time. What is, her like, name? what is her Kate name? What is her name? McKinnon. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God. That's all I can think about when you're talking about this. That is so fucking hilarious. That's a real book that exists. Oh, I love this. I wonder if that's where SNL got their idea. Maybe. How about the next one? (laughs) Slithering Embrace, Planet of the Croc, where a woman falls in love and has sexual encounters with a human-crocodile hybrid. In the swamp, no less. My God. That is a real book. These are real. I'm, I'm seeing them with my own eyes. How about this? El Nino Comes, spelt (laughs) C-U-M-Z. This is about a woman who is sexually excited and pleasured by the weather event known as El Nino. She chases currents that are caused by El Nino and pleasures herself in the storms caused by it. This is a real book. (laughs) 
This is incredible. Who knew? I mean, wow. Is that Trump? <laughs> <laughs> is that President Trump? It is. What the fuck is this? This book. Is- oh my God. I just read the first line. Oh shit. This is terrible. This read is, it. I can't read that shit a, without dying. This is just a real read. book. This is a real book published. This face is not orange anymore. It's red. Red like a tomato. Look at that. This book is called Oh no. Pounded in the Butt by President Trump. <laughs> the Trumpster Fire in My Pants by Hugo A. Weird Wiener. <laughs> Oh my god. That's I a real can't. book published July 25th, 2016. 2016. <laughs> Did you read it? No, I didn't read it. Let's read the synopsis. Oh god, uh, I want I might want to read that. How much is that? <laughs> okay. So, the Does synopsis Does that say 99 cents? 2.99. <laughs> Some have called it a literary crime against humanity. Others have called it a soul rape. And some, I'm sure, have called it a good book. But it's about about 7,000 words of Jesus, what the fuck did I? Why would anyone write this? And why doesn't bleach work on my eyeballs and brains? (laughs) Here's another review. It's like sticking your dick in a black hole. It's horrible. But once you've dipped it even a little bit of foreskin, it sucks you in and utterly destroys you. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. This is disturbing (laughs) as fuck. Let's see. What does it have as a rating? Oh, my God. It doesn't have a rating. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so good. Pounded in the butt by President Trump, the Trumpster fire in my pants. Uh, It's available (laughs) on Amazon for $2.99 right now if you're interested. (laughs) Wow. I might have to get that just to laugh a little bit. That's so good. Oh, my God. So... (laughs) that's enough of that (laughs) wow that's so good i had no idea this was such a thing i i had no idea either there is something for everybody oh yeah we've talked about this on the podcast before like there is a man for everyone there's a woman for everyone there's a human for everyone Uh by that logic there is something that someone is going to enjoy and be pleasured by and like you always say you do you Yeah. As long as it's like consensual and not really hurting anybody. Right. Read Pound in the Butt by Donald (laughs) Trump all day if you want. Yeah. If that's what does it for you, and I'm sure it does it for a lot of people. Yeah. More power to you. What I really like about this is that it proves that there are no rules anymore of like getting published. And, you know, that's exactly right. The idea that, you know, only the elite and only the the righteous few can have a book on a shelf. Mm-mm. Nowadays, with getting anyone published can do online it. and Kindle, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Does that mean anyone should do it? I'm not the one to say. But yeah, I mean that's a whole different subject. But yeah, anyone can do anything these days with anything. Here's what scares me: What if I was to read one of these books and like become really excited by it and just want to read more? Like, is that it? Is it a gateway thing? What if it becomes an addiction? It's like if one day I'm reading uh, My Hot Nights with Sasquatch and then I'm onto Slither, <laughs> Slithered Embrace <laughs> and El Nino comes and before I know it, I'm reading Pounded in the Butt by President Trump. I mean, listen, you do you. Don't tell me about it. I don't want to know the details. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. worked so well in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell. No, I... I'm 
interested in the fact that I might actually have to read one of these. Maybe right. not the ones that you just said tonight, but um, I definitely want to look into it a little bit. I've never, ever read, read an exotic novel in my lifetime. So why not? You know, just, and just at least read one to see what one. it's like. I don't know where to start, though. Like, who's a good author? Are there good? Is there ones that are a little bit more dirty than the others? I mean, I don't want to hear about crocodiles and <laughs> fucking El Ninos, <laughs> you know, and definitely not Trump. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to I would want to, like, really read one for reals. If there was like a mythical creature that you found somewhat sexually attractive that you would want to read in a book of erotica, what would it be? A mythical creature? Yeah, that's what that that's what these are. I mean, maybe not Trump. Uh, that picture is kind of weird, though. Like, you're talking to the wrong girl. Like, my mind couldn't be further from mythical creatures ever. Like, I'm just not you're, that type of person anyways. Like, I'm not a fucking nerd, Antonio. What are you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that, but... You with your whips and your record collection. Get the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, I mean, I would be... No, I'm not a mythical creature. Person. I get it. I, get I would it. like want to put like a famous person's face on it or something. I or, see. You know, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt fan fiction. Yeah, I like Tom it. Tom right? Cruise. I go. mean, those are my main guys right there. I something tells me that if you were to write a book, it would be like a deep, insightful, thought-provoking look into your soul as a single woman, and I would be writing stories about werewolves and jackalopes fucking each other because yes, you would <laughs> that's exactly right you're definitely on point right there You may wonder why we're taking a break from the dating profiles. Mm -hmm. It's because Diana's not on the apps right now. <laughs> I mean, why did you have to like throw me under the bus like that? Because people want to know. Yeah, it's true. I'm not on the dating apps. I'm taking a break. So this is my ask to our listeners. Send us your dating app stories. Send us your dating profile nightmares. Yeah. We might just read it and we'll deconstruct it for you. Because right now, we are staying away from the dating apps for a while. <laughs> yeah, there's there's good reason for it. Um, but yeah, if you do want to send us something, screenshot the profile and then yeah, DM either, me. DM me on MILF and me on Instagram. Or, or email us at uh, milfandmepod at gmail.com. Yep. We'd love to hear or see some funny stuff that we can deconstruct. We're not going to name names. We'll be completely and that, anonymous. And that email, I check that email Antonio doesn't check that email, so you can send it. I will be reading it and looking at it. Um, Instagram, though, obviously, I've had a lot of people reach out to me that yeah. way, and that's a good way to do that. And then my personal Instagram account, too, and Antonio's, The yeah. Cult Worthy. You can find us. We're around. We're around. You can send stuff to us, and we'll look at it, and we'll definitely try to get it on the show. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we can't not do the love guru oh my god there is endless 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 i have them saved i actually did some uh maintenance today and i did erased you? a bunch and oh, saved good. a bunch because here's the thing there's a lot of the same bullshit messages and bullshit <laughs> just done by different people yeah this is interesting this might be an episode later mm -hmm. there are like several prominent of these men matter women out there and okay. we we yeah. featured a couple on love guru roulette and they have copycats they have mm. like younger versions or different ethnicities 
that are looking at the camera and they're delivering the exact same word for word transcription of these ladies. So here's the weird thing about it. That is bizarre. It's people trying to build a following, trying to build a channel based off of someone else's knowledge. And as I've watched more and more of these. I didn't even know you could do that. Oh, my God. Well, because here's the thing. Is I don't think it's copyrighted. You know, you just like go and read someone else's thing word for word. Yeah, but that's why we can play love. We're not saying the names, but that's why we can play these and not have to worry about it because it's like open speech. Anyone could take sound bites of this podcast right now and turn it into whatever they want. If we put it on TikTok, they could turn it into a sound and then have something viral go over it. That's how it works. Huh. So a lot of these, there's like younger ones that are word for word copying some of the ones that have been around a little bit longer. Hmm. And that's why I was saying like this whole thing is kind of dangerous and toxic because maybe people didn't want to listen to the 40-year-old say this shit. Oh. But now this young, pretty 20-year-old is saying the exact same shit and she has a bunch of 20-year-olds following her. Uh-huh. It's crazy. But I got, some, I got some more positive ones. Like I said, I'm going to get away from all that kind of nasty stuff. Okay. This one I kind of liked and they're both guys. Um, the next episode that we'll just be doing is another guy as well. So let's see what you think about this fellow. Three signs that you are somebody who over loves. Number one, you let people hurt you again and again because you don't know when to let go. Or even if you do, it's not easy for you. Number two, you overthink every little detail. You care so much to the point that any little slight change in their behavior gives you anxiety and you think there's something wrong. And number three, you pour so much of yourself into people and relationships to the point that you feel drained. So what do you think about this guy? I feel very attacked. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. But you know damn well, you know me better than most anybody on this planet Earth. That is me. That is Every that single is fucking one of those things is me. Yeah, that is you. The reason He's not wrong. It's real not shit. wrong. And I like his approach. Yeah, you know? he's totally good. He's a he's got a gentle voice. He's not calling you a dumbass like some of these other people are. Yeah. You know, and he's just kind of laying it down. And that's the thing that I noticed when we started doing this show mm-hmm. and started doing these love gurus yeah. is I could tell you and I have told you all the things that like this guy's been saying before in the past. Mm-hmm. But because I'm your friend and I try to keep like a little bit of a barrier between mm-hmm mom and dadding you and just being a friend that oftentimes you're like, yeah, you're right. And then you'll just go on yeah. to whatever you're and doing. And do whatever the fuck I want. And which is fine. I don't <laughs> hold it against you. Yeah. It's different when you hear it from someone that you don't know. Right. Who I guess is trying to do this as a living and it's all about the approach. And I kind of just, it, it resonated with me because I do some of this too. Not to the level you, you do. Yeah. But this was me in my twenties. Remember I'm the fucking simp over here. So. Yep, yep. No. And the thing I love about him too, is he's believable. Like you can tell he is that person. Everything that he just described right here in this video is him. Well, and also it feels like this is a guy that has been on the bad end of a situation yes, like this. Yes. And so that can let you speak with sincerity and the need and the want to help people in the same situation. Yeah. Unlike the one dude who was like, that bitch never loved you. Get up and fucking grind, bro. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a so different, pathetic. It's a different approach, a different attack, and this one's a lot more respectable. Mm-hmm. I will listen to this guy. Yeah, I, no, he's yeah. good. I've seen some of his stuff. This is like, this is one of those ones I would save. 
you know, in, right. in my personal stuff and would listen to it. He's, he's really good. Like you said, he's believable and I feel him like he's this person he overloves. I think the third one is the one that probably is the most prominent with you. Feel drained. You just feel drained because you pour mm-hmm. so much of yourself. Yes. And you also, when you are in love with someone, mm-hmm. you don't expect or demand that back. You just keep pouring more and more in. Yes. Hoping that you just get a little bit back. Yeah, because I'm too kind, you know. There's a lot of people that would demand it back or expect it back or do something and expect something in return. And I couldn't be any more opposite. And that is exactly why I do feel drained. Right. Because I'd give all of me. Yeah. It's taken me a couple weeks to just get over this most recent situation that I was in um, for about four months. And it's taken me two weeks to get back on my feet and feel like myself again. So I like this guy. I do too. That's, he's great. That's pretty much. And he's handsome. He's cute. <laughs> I mean, he is in his car and he's They're wearing. always in their cars. The dude's got pineapples on his shirt. No shit. No, he does. He does. He does. Pineapples on his shirt. <laughs> well, good for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good on him. So, Diana, what do we have for the milf worthy of the week? Well, I am obsessed. I've been obsessed with these. Have I have I talked about candles? No, you talked about bath bombs, but not candles. Bath bombs, bath balls. Bath balls. <laughs> no, so I am literally obsessed with these candles, and I should be. I feel like I should be getting paid for saying this, but I'm <laughs> not. So I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, bath and Body Works have the very, very best candles. The Three Wick candles. They will smell your your entire house, your entire room, your bathroom, whatever the room is that you have this thing burning. It will make your house smell amazing. They are the only candles that I have found that actually work. And I love them. They're fantastic. And sometimes you can get them, buy one, get one free, sometimes 50% off. I mean, they're pricey. They're like $26 a candle. Um, But I usually wait until they're on sale or I have coupons or something. But... They're absolutely amazing. I'm super picky with my candles. I know that sounds weird. You're not if, buying candles at the dollar store. No, hell no. Ross. Like I, if I'm going to have a candle burning in my house, I want it to do something. You know, like I want it to right. s- make my house smell. What's your go-to smell? Um, I don't like foods. I don't like the, uh, the cookies sh- and pies. Sugar cookie and pumpkin <laughs> pie. I like who the fuck's cooking me a pie? I'm hungry, you know? Right. Like it's it's too much for me. Um, so I usually go for like a coconut or I love, love, love like the cinnamon, um, like during the holidays, like kind of like the autumn smells. But during the summer, I'm really into coconut fruity things, um, maybe a little bit floral. I'm not super huge in vanilla. I'm not super huge into that. But um, And the reason why I bring that up is because lately, I mean, I just got done telling you that I've been doing so much work on myself lately and I've been in this really interesting funky space that when I have a candle burning my whole ambiance just changes it's like I a like that. It's like a zen for me so it's important and I think we need to like do better with our space and make it more cozy I mean my home is so cozy and it's like 
so zen in my house. There's yeah. always good energy in there. I try to keep it that way. Yeah, it's um, a lovely home. I've always liked hanging out there. Yeah, well, so is yours. I mean, I get I feel that way too when I come into your space. And I know it's not you. I know it's Kristen, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Anyways. You know what we need? <laughs> we need a podcast candle. We need a studio yeah, candle. Yeah, we do. We do. It, maybe it should smell like pineapples or something. I don't know. Right. It seems like. <laughs> or leather. Leather. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Leather and pineapples. That is the official smell. It is. Here we go. I bet. The Milf and Me podcast. I bet everyone can smell that as they're listening. Bath and Body Works, if you can do a leather and pineapple scented candle. And put the Milf and and Me. And put the Milf and Me on it. We will (laughs) promote the hell out of that. We will sell the shit out of that all day long. (laughs) So I'm going to get started on writing my novel of erotic fiction. And I'm going to go buy more candles. While you do that, I will go buy the candles. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us on the MILF and Me podcast. Like we said, you can always find us on themilfandmepod.com. Check out our socials on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to email your dating profiles. Yes, please. Diana, it was lovely, and I'll see you next week. Yep, thank you. 